When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, I just want to bring you up like an elevator, not down like also an elevator. Yo, it's Word Burglar. I'll tell you later. I'm the host of the Geekscape podcast. Do you still like this movie where a guest and I find out if we still like a movie that we used to like? I'm also a rapper of rhymes, and I got a brand new vinyl crowdfunder on Bandcamp right now for the MacGuffin device LP. 14 tracks of old-school hip-hop infused with geeky, nerdy things like vinyl collecting, comic books, video games, action figures, cartoons, Dungeons & Dragons, all kinds of dope stuff wrapped up over old-school hip-hop beats and turntablism. You can help support at wordburglar.com, and hopefully I can get in your ears soon. Geekscape forever! Hi, Geekscapists. Welcome to the brand new Geekscape special all about the Book of Boba Fett Season 1. I'm Jonathan London, and if this is your first Geekscape, I ask that every time I start a show. If this is your first Geekscape, is it? Um, We talk movies, video games, comic books, all that stuff. But today, well, this is a special all about the Book of Boba Fett. Season 1 on Disney+, Plus. it just wrapped up. Ian and I, we might have some things to say about it. Some people love it, some people not so much, but you did get what you asked for, which was a series all about your childhood favorite bounty hunter. Um, that being said, was it what we expected? I don't think it was, but is that good or bad? We'll talk about it with Ian here in a bit. Um, again, if this is your first Geekscape, thank you. Go ahead and subscribe to the audio portion of the show. We're number four in Sri Lanka. Did you know that? Yes, we are. Uh, as far as film interview podcasts go, uh, we have some awesome podcasts coming out for you all very soon. Um, so watch this feed. We, we've been working on some great guests. And then go back to the feed. We've had some amazing episodes as well as like more of these specials, deep diving on some of your favorite um, releases. And we got a ton coming up from the Batman to Peacemaker season one, like ending next week. Ian's going to be on here a bit, and we're going to be breaking it down. we got a lot of work to do. That's what we call it. We're going to call it work. Got a lot of work to do coming up. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and subscribe to the audio podcast, whatever podcatcher you want. It's always free. And you can always catch us in video form on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and now my LinkedIn, because I'm a working professional. Just search for Geekscape. You'll find us. Um, but let's get it started. This is the Geekscape Boba Fett Season 1 special. Rock and roll. Comics, movies, 
right, Geekscapists, let's get down to business. This is the Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett, season one special here on Geekscape. Um, there's already people in the chat room, and I never know how things are going to do. Uh, things are going to go. We're recording this thing on a Saturday afternoon. Ian's schedule got busy. Uh, this is the way it shook out, and I never know if we're going to have people watching us on a weekend, but they are, and that's great. Um, hopefully, you're able to catch one of these live shows uh, later on if you're listening on the podcast. Uh, let's get right to it. As I said earlier, this is the Book of Boba Fett Season 1 special, so there will be tons of spoilers. This is the part of the show where I talk spoiler warning. So if you have not finished the season, <laughs> what are you doing watching this? Because we're going to get a huge deep dive going on. So, without further ado, here's my good friend Ian Kerner. Ian, I think we've got some things to say about this season of the Boba Fett show that we've all been asking for since we were kids. Like, since we saw Boba Fett go out in Return of the Jedi, we were like, wait, that's not all we want to see of the Boba Fett. This character that's been on screen for 10 minutes and had like three lines, this is, that, that's not all she wrote. That's such a cool character. Let's have him back. Agreed. Did we know what we were asking for, Ian? Well, first of all, I, I do want to say to anyone listening, you know, something that benefited a lot. My wife, who's a casual fan, not super fans like many of us, um, was one of those people that I understand why people love Boba Fett so much. He's barely on the screen. And they had that, um, I think it's called The Legacy of Boba Fett, the little special they have on Disney+. Plus. It's really worth watching. It sure. shows how Boba Fett's fandom developed from the very get-go of concept and just all of it, all the popularity, everything. And that's worth watching. Um, before you've seen Book of Boba Fett, after, it doesn't matter when, it's worth watching. Um, this show, more than maybe any other I've ever seen, definitely played into fan service on a massive scale. Um, maybe not always um, in the best way. Um Pacing is a major problem with this show. Am I disappointed? Yes. Am I glad it exists? Still, yes. Um, I'm kind of landing in a place of, and I think that you and I ultimately come to the same place of, this was Mandalorian season 2.5. And I think it would have been served a lot better being Mandalorian season 3 with aspects of this interspersed in it. You know? I think the trickiest I have a lot thing, to say. I know, I know you, you know. Do. I do. I, I think I the wrote you a thing, very long email yeah, with well, many points. Uh, hold on, we're pausing because Matt Kelly just added another podcast, the Geeks Game Network. That's the siren right there. So we're now at forty-eight thousand shows. Um, sorry, Ian, you have yet to get your um, own dedicated show, but that's the siren. I think <laughs> that the, the the tricky thing about the show was, you know, as you said, we've been waiting since nineteen eighty-three, Return of the Jedi, for the story of Boba Fett. In so much of the extended universe, now legend stuff, you know, which I always took to be um, pretty definitive, Boba Fett's, Fett survived, you know? The Bounty Hunter books were fantastic, you know, things like that. Um, I felt pretty confident and was episode five of season one of Mandalorian, though, were his boots, and that ended up being the case. Um, and, you know. You're talking about when, when Senek is, is yes, shot Senek, and yes. we. we we, yeah, we see that in, we see that play out obviously in episode. No, they, they caught us up. And, yeah. and the thing is, and, and then he shows up, and clearly he's demonstrating skills and some garb and weapons that indicate that he's had some major dealings with the Tuscan Raiders, right? 
Right. So, you know, in terms of fan service, the show went into some great detail, um, giving us the in-between pieces. There were definitely some things about that that surprised me. Um, I think that they had a big problem. They knew they wanted to do the present. They knew they needed to show us how he got there. And at the same time, do the Mandalorian stuff. And I feel, I think you feel this way too. The whole show would have been a lot better. I mean, you say intersperse the stuff in five and six to one through four, however you want to look at it. But if it was a cohesive show that it was, this is what Boba Fett's doing. This is what Din Djarin's doing. This is what Grogu's doing. You know, to me, that's season three of The Mandalorian. Structure the whole thing differently. I think the big problem is to have all those things going on and doing Matt Boba Fett flashbacks would have been, I mean, how do you do that? I think mm-hmm. there was a way and they didn't figure it out. And that would have been a much better show. Ian, can you move forward? You, you are yes. actually pretty good when, when, when you're close to that microphone and you feel out a nice frame. You're a handsome guy uh, for you, you video viewers. Um, okay. I had a lot to say. And the, in, in episode one, I started kind of being like, wait, things are a little wonky here. And I could not have been more hopeful for this season because I am a Robert Rodriguez fan. Robert Rodriguez is still influential to me still uh yeah i mean i'm one of the i think i'm one of the people who really enjoyed battle angel <laughs> i went to see it i enjoyed it and i was like i would love it. to get a sequel to this yeah i enjoyed that yeah and, and robert to me is someone who you know getting into film coming from austin he's a local hero and i love his modern westerns and when i hear that he's going to do the book of boba fett and it's robert rodriguez uh, great i don't care if it, it, it is its own thing it's it, it was not advertised as mandalorian season three even though i'd heard that that was some of the the conversations that were happening on set where pe- some people thought that they were shooting mandalorian season three well now we know why I'm, yeah and i'm down with a dedicated boba fett show i'm even down with a dedicated boba fett show in jabba's palace on tatooine which beyond going back and getting slave one in the armor which you already had at the end of Mandalorian season well, two. Well, John, I, let's be honest. I didn't know why he was returning to say, to Tatooine, but you, that being you said, said to me many it set, times, up, it set up for a great. Hold on, it set up for a very cool modern western. I wanted more of that. Yeah. What was the thing that I kept saying? Well, you, you've said to me many times that you know they don't spend enough time on Tatooine. They don't go there enough. <laughs> you know, we need more Tatooine. Yeah. Let's get it. I hope the Obi Wan series, uh, the Obi Wan series, is like half Tatooine. I hope it's three quarters Tatooine. Well, I, uh, mean, for, I, th- I think we can expect Tatooine in the Obi Wan series. Yeah, um, it's not like it's any cheaper to shoot in a bunch of sand. No, um, and then you've got this virtual set, and we'll t- get to the shortcomings of the virtual set that started to make themselves apparent on this. We were discussing Robert uh, Rodriguez, season. and I think that you know, if it had been one episode, it's one thing, but consistently, every single one of his episodes is off like the action does not pace well it, it's yes. it's astoundingly so it's like it, the action is boring in and every one of his episodes director I, i'd love for you to explain to me because you know like one was meh three was meh two was great you know four yes. was way better one than one and three loved four I actually really enjoyed a lot of parts of th- four. I, I don't think the story makes sense in pieces of four. Some of it's very head scratching, right? But I don't think story works a lot in a lot of these uh, um, episodes. I wrote Ian basically a book of Jonathan squabbles uh, <laughs> before the episode, where I said, "Hey, these are the talking points," and I might as well just start getting to them. Some of y'all are commenting 
in the uh, chat, and I, I love that. And Andy backs me up on the whole Tatooine thing. I think a lot of us agree with it. Where he, uh, Andy on Facebook says, "Please, there's a whole universe out there." I I agree wholeheartedly. I've been a big. I mean, I've argued that since the, the episodes one through three, the prequels. I think that it was weird to have so much Tatooine there in the prequels, uh, or to have Anakin come from there, especially since that's where the twins are then hidden you you literally hid the twins or well, at least well, luke well, on, well, on anakin's home planet the fact that it's you know uncle owen and aunt Peru calls out an anakin connection there so i mm-hmm. think i think that that's why that that, that did have to happen well, anakin had got, needed to come from there for that to make any sense it and back to the uh argument of interspersing all of the Star Wars Disney Plus characters into one series. Uh, Edwin Black says, small cuts to Din and Grogu uh, during Book of Boba Fett would have been fine with Mandalorian Season 3, filling in those scenes later. That would have been great. Taking the focus off the titular character for two entire episodes was not a great idea. And we'll get to those episodes 5 and 6 and how they really derail the story that we have. But let's actually start with those first four episodes and talk about the story that we actually have at that point. Because I think the problems start kind of early and become very clear and, and bigger as they go on. The The first one is like, you okay, you've got Boba Fett. He, we saw him at the tag at the end of Mandalorian season two. He, he shoots, um, you know, you, you see him take over Jabba's palace from uh, Bib Fortuna. He sits in the throne and he's established himself now as the daimyo of uh, Tatooine. He's the, he's going to be the gang boss of Tatooine. All right, great. That's no doubt going to have some rivals. We saw that in the trailer. I'm down. Let's see what Boba Fett does with the rivals. And we see them pretty quickly. We see these two Hut twins who I really love. Uh, the Hut twins are fun. Yeah. But right. later on, we do find out that we also have the Pikes establishing a trade, uh, a, a spice syndicate that goes through Tatooine. We also see rival gang bosses that are sharing Mos Vespa with Boba Fett. Now they're, now we have kind of a loose, like not even tiered, uh, you know, bunch of bad guys that Boba Fett's going to have to deal with. He does not actually go about dealing with them at all. And I don't understand how a lot of this real estate got spent. Um, the, the, the whole, um, you know, flashback thing was a little fat and, a lot of the wasted real estate that I thought was promising and we'll find out later, like they could, or I think they could have used it was flashbacks to things like Django Fett's ship from episode two. And you see a young cloned Bubba on Shimino looking at the slave yeah. one with Camino, like flight away. And that didn't really tie in ever again that this, and they showed it multiple times that they had flashbacks, not just to him's time with the Tuscans. You got, flashbacks to him as a kid they even recreated him holding Django Fett's head it, you know it I none of that stuff mattered in the end and I didn't really did it tie in for you Ian or, um, am I thinking I, crazy I, no you know where that that mattered it's the the over I mean there's definitely something to be said for the fact that going completely away from Boba Fett for episodes five and six um sort of displaced the narrative because the narrative ultimately very much was about he hasn't really felt like he belonged with anyone since his father died. And that's what he got from the Tuscans. Um, I was very disappointed when you saw the Tuscans got completely wiped out. You know, because in the earlier episodes, I figured maybe this was all about doing it for the Tuscans. 
you know, saving Tatooine for the Tuscans. And I think you, you in, in among your many points, I think that was one of the issues that you had was, who is he saving Tatooine for? The, we don't really, he doesn't, does he care about the Mos Espens until it's pointed out to him? He doesn't seem and like he really does. He and if he does, why times. does he? He says, these are my people. Yeah. The spice is hurting them. We never see evidence of the spice right. hurting any well, of them. Well, I want to talk about and that at greater length. I want to talk about the spice. Well, yeah, well, even when he's like, in episode seven, charged with taking a stand, he wants to do it from his palace, and he's actually talked into doing it from most of us. How are those his people? So here's here's a big issue that I have. Um, we know that Spice is mind on Kessel. We've yes. seen in many places Spice pops up. We know Spice is an illegal drug. They they hit it a bit more in Clone Wars than in the movies, but it's definitely an illegal drug. So you could make certain assumptions. I mean, I think there's one extended universe thing. It has some telepathic abilities. It's a Han Solo story. But for the most part, let's go with a legal drug. Mind on Kessel. Not mind on Tatooine. Now, let's all call this out. It, it's much easier to call out for people this year because of Dune. Spice was a nod from George Lucas to Dune. You know, sure. George Lucas, it's not even a question. He borrowed, it was, you know, it was all a lot of homages. We have a desert planet. They're making references to Spice, you know. If you told me, much like Dune, that Spice was mined on Tatooine, I would understand it. Okay? Tatooine is a fucking shithole. All right? Seriously. <laughs> there aren't that many people on Tatooine. No. If, if Spice, if, if the whole point is it's distribution because they want to distribute Spice on Tatooine, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Especially it wouldn't be a lot of money. If you tell Especially me, if it's the, the place of the universe where, if there's a center of the universe, this is the place where it's furthest from, which is paraphrasing what Luke says. In right. Floor. No, it's the outer it, rim. Okay. If you tell me that, that you know, for some reason, Tatooine is a distribution hub and it's important in hyperspace lines, lanes, excuse me, that yep. would make sense within the Star Wars of it because that's an actual thing in, in computing everything and, you know, it's jump points, it's all that. Sure. That could make some sense, but that's not developed. Down to they actually are on convoys going across Tatooine and Tuscan territory with spice. Why, why? would they need to? Why, why do they even have to? to stop there? And as Andy says, it doesn't make any sense. Why are to me. tourists going there? Yeah. This isn't a tourist destination. Like, it, why are they going it, it to It makes Los no Vespa? sense to me. That, that's something I have a big problem with because this is what I want to say. Going into this episode, and obviously we're going to get more into it, but I, let's just say right now, and there's a reason why I'm saying this now seemingly, well, it's all settled. Well, it isn't all settled, okay? If you know the Star Wars mythology, particularly, and if you if you read the comics, what's going on there, you know, it's always been the case. There have been a lot of different crime lords and organizations. The Huts mm -hmm. are one of them. There was Black Sun. There's the Pike Syndicate. Crimson Dawn is a big thing, okay? You yeah. know, it's, it's at the end of Solo. It's set up. Um, you know, I think that, you know... Kira's showing up somewhere. I expected her in this show, maybe at the end, you know, probably in a later season. That, that's my opinion. I came away from the show going like, you know what? It was wrapped up tight enough that they could not do another season. I'd be fine. I think they're going to. I think the biggest story becomes about Kira and Crimson Dawn. I think that what they've set up is, I mean, look, here's the bottom line. Whatever the rationale that is not clear for why it's so important to have Tatooine, it's still important to anyone that's taking the place of the Pike Syndicate. Yeah. You know, and I think that will be Crimson Dawn. But that's going to happen. It's money. That's what it's about. 
So it's not going to go away, you know? So, so there's that. Um, How is it hurting their people? We've not seen Exactly. Because do people use spice? We don't see it. I agree. We don't see people ODing on it. Is it the crime of coming through? I don't see it. You know, was it hitting people in Freetown? No, because he's not even letting it happen to begin with. It's not even affecting the, like, Jennifer Beals' bar, which I think that bar could have played a much more important much role. Much bigger role. I mean, I a lot of us thought she was double dealing. Maybe she was making a power move after episode one. It would have been a great opportunity nowhere. to do it. Yeah. It would have been it a great opportunity nowhere. to be like, oh, she's but, the big bad. Whether she's, she's the big, the big bad, bad, whether she's in with the Pikes, whether she's in with Crimson Dawn would have made a whole lot of sense. So, Ian, what you're saying is like, is something that I wanted to touch on that is Bubba Fett falls for a lot. He gets tricked by the pikes several times. He gets picked. He gets tricked by the huts. They they make it all the way into his palace with an assassin. Look, he gets tricked by by his rival gang leaders. When, he gets tricked by literally everybody in this show. It, and it, by the time season uh, episode seven comes around, we're still supposed to hold this guy to a lofty look, standard. In the as tag, protagonist of the show. In the tag for Mandalorian season two at the end, there when we saw that, when cool. But what is that about? Why does Boba mm-hmm. Fett want to be Jabba the Hut? I thought his conversation with Fennec Shand in the flashback made a lot of sense, and I liked it. Did I buy it? I'm not sure, but I liked it. I liked the idea of, okay, we're going to be our own boss because we're going to do something for ourselves. Yeah, we so, don't. I'm not going to get killed on some idiot's errand. I got it, too. I, I liked that. It. I liked the idea that Bib Fortuna's weak. It shouldn't have been him. You know, I like that stuff. That's interesting. I wish I saw Boba Fett is more savvy about what's going on out there the other crime families, including Crimson Dawn. Um, I felt that, you know, it was really interesting as, as you're watching um, the flashback stuff and it's hard to tell how much time's gone by and clearly, boom, they're caught up. So he spent four and a half years more with the Tuscans. Yes. I didn't know that until suddenly, oh, guess what? It made well, it, it resonate yeah. more for me that, okay, no, he's truly that, but they didn't do a great job in that jump. They could have done a better job. Honestly, and not, not I know this is a staple and sort of a trope, but it would have worked better for me if throw a scene or two in, let him have mated with somebody, you know, like let him have had a true family, let him have adopted the young kid, you know, like mm-hmm. a little more to show it was a true life and family he had there and five years went by. And those are his people. Those yeah, are his actual people. Those are the people you actually have to put in danger. Yeah. Because yeah. the most Vespans yeah. weren't really in. I mean, they were now, kind of just chilling. Now, and I think I already said this, but again, and, and then to wipe them all out. I mean, show me fine. They wiped out that tribe. Shouldn't there be more Tuscan tribes? We reached out to them. It's, I mean, show me that. Make it about that. Yeah. That would have made sense to me. And it would have been nice and an opportunity to integrate the city versus desert rivalry that we only got in mention in a few places in episode seven where yeah. it's like, oh, this is a thing where the city people and the desert people don't in Freetown don't like each other. Look, uh, oh, okay. Well, that's sentimentally nice. Yeah. But well, well, by episode the way, one. Episode one. So at the end of episode one, Ian, I just didn't feel like there were there were enough seeds planted to carry a season. And a lot of this stuff just felt like rock skipping off the surface well, rather than actual things being planted that well, we were going to see throughout. What they did with the Tuscans until they killed them all, for me, would okay, I'm seeing what this is. And if it was about that, it was about, you know, I know it might have felt a little bit too Dune, but Desert Power, freeing the Tuscans, you know, 
even things like when they get the things that I never heard before about that, you know, it wasn't always a big desert. It used to be war here. Tatooine was a paradise. Mm-hmm. Tuscans have been around all this time. They're the natives, you know? That's interesting. The fact of Boba yeah. Fett, you know, identifying with them. And by the way, and I, I need to say this because I felt it was called out. It was in the Mandalorian before, but it's really called out strongly with the Grogo part of this idea of, you know, you don't have to be born into it. You know, I mean, yeah. you don't have to be born into being a Mandalorian. You don't have to be born into being a Tuscan. It becomes a way of life and a culture and you accept it and you become part of it. And that's what you now are. And I'm, I'm and we'll get to that. the We'll get to the Grogu, Lone Wolf and Cub scene, but it's also planted. You don't have to be just one thing, sure. whether it's a Mandalorian or a Jedi. You can be both. And they definitely showed their hand in episode five. And we'll get to episode five because... There's no way Grogu's not going to have a lightsaber and the chainmail. Right. Um, Question: Is it the dark saber? Is that just too big for him? Is is, is, is Grogu the Mandalorian as prophecy? Doesn't that make sense? It does, and we'll see what happens in Mandalorian three. And we're all still going to avidly be watching that at two in the morning when it hits. So it'll be fine. But um, I, I still want to talk about some of the things that were in these first four episodes didn't fly we you know we all wanted to see the pat and oswald patented escape from the sarlacc and we got it it was great it was i mean no it was simplistic i mean it, that sounds like an insult but it was very easy to escape from the sarlacc the sarlacc posed no further danger and he escaped by punching out the side of it and then digging out some sand in his armor which for some reason then in episode four he goes back to search inside the sarlacc that's like if ian had left the house without his phone knew he left the house without the phone but then when he's like oh where's my phone he went yeah, back and searched yeah. the house for the phone well, he knew he had it well when he left the house. yeah i mean look you could argue he was kind of messed up and all that but it should have been said there should have been something the job was he wasn't too messed up to get right. his ship back ian yeah i'm saying he never tracks that he doesn't find out i mean and I felt like they had they'd sort of written themselves into a corner. So he was with the Tuscans so we didn't know about his armor. I guess since we see him just when Din Djarin just took off with the armor, it's like he just figured this out because he just yeah. come to town so he heard about it. You know, I would have liked to have seen it. I would have liked to have seen a bar scene which someone's talking about this marshal in um, which moss was it? But now Freetown? I was going to call it Freetown. But, okay. But, um, um, Yes, you could say Boba Fett's back. Or, or someone's leave. in Boba's like, armor, you know? Yeah, Boba, like, Someone's in Boba's armor. Something where he puts two and two together. Yeah. It's, he should know it's not in the Sarlacc. Like, it's not in the Sarlacc. I like the Sarlacc sequence. I think it's uh, well, cool. Well, I think it's cool it, that he shoots the Sarlacc. It obviously happened because he ended up right it. there. And the timing of it's like, okay, sort of convenient. So it obviously happened. And they didn't. maybe it's a deleted scene, whatever. But it's just we didn't see it. Yeah, um, Edwin Black says, you know what? Like, give him a break. Boba isn't an experienced crime boss. He's an experienced bounty hunter and solo criminal, but not a boss. And that makes me think that he's like, um, this should be like an office episode where we see like an incompetent boss plotting or like trying to become a boss. Like he's Steve Carell in the office at this point because literally everyone in the show must tricks have, oh, him. That's right. Thank you. Like Edwin. they trick him. Steven Root's character yeah. comes and tells him he's got a problem. He shows up. It's not as he was advertised. He tricked them. Yep. Like there's every character in the show, except well, Fanny Sand, puts I, one over on I, this I guy. do. I, I, I like, and to, to Edwin's point, I like the idea that he isn't that experienced. That's not his thing, but you know, and, and you know, his whole thing is like, all right, you got to make people afraid. But yeah, his motivations are just odd. He want to help people. Is that what a crime lord does? I mean, what exactly is the motivation here? 
Are you and liberating Rainer, things and shutting down crime? Yeah, and Andy has a good point. He says, hey, like, it's fine that he got tricked. But then like, start learning and getting savvier yeah. and show progression. Sure. He gets tricked right up until episode, like right through episode seven. He's getting tricked repeatedly. Uh, we should just In fairness, that isn't seven episodes of getting tricked. It's like we should really, yeah, it's five episodes of getting tricked. <laughs> we should just add like Benny Hill music to this and be like, oh, here's all the times that Boba looks at somebody and goes, I am Boba Fett. And it's threatening, but it's like, yeah, dude, we've heard about you. And like, short of like taking your cape and putting it over your head and punching you in the, like, the, the, I mean, literally, Black Chris, uh, Chris makes it all the way to his back to tank. Yeah, I mean, I how are these how are these mods yeah. really his uh, these Gamorians? Well, we learn in Episode Seven how bad of fighters they are and they're terrible guards. I, I definitely agree. How did Black? Of I, mean, I mean, I guess you know you don't see you don't think of Wookiee's stealth, but Wookiee's claws like they can they can scale things. So I guess that's what it is. I would like to have seen that. But knowing that, in that the Huts did that and tried to assassinate him. All is fine. All is forgiven. And yeah. for some reason that is not justified, the Huts are now going to leave Tatooine. I think that they should have been the only crime bosses in this show. The Pike Syndicate, I don't, it, it just didn't make sense. You either got the Huts or the Pike Syndicate finding some value here, but it got, it got really muddy. And the, the bad thing is it actually gave two villains that now Boba Fett could get tricked by because he gets tricked by both. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I uh, and I, the erosion of this character is is well, rough. Well, but and it's people it's, are saying, it's, "Hey, it's interesting you say erosion because it's a character that we only have in our minds. Like all you know is Boba Fett's an amazing bounty hunter. He's a badass. I, I, That's all no, you Ian, really I, know. I, I, I get that, but what's the problem? But let, no, no, let's not talk about the Return of the Jedi. Guy gets duped into getting kicked into the Sarlacc when when, when Han Solo accidentally hits him. Thing. He, he, yeah, he, he, I, he, I'm talking about. The Boba Fett that we've been pro- that we were promised in Mandalorian season two. This is a guy who is a, is full faculties. He's got his ship back. He's got his armor back. He's kicking ass, and now he's going to take over Tatooine. And as he says to Fennec uh, Sand, as we now know, is a is a flashback. His goal is to be the boss. Okay, great. That is the promise of Episode One. It becomes Steve Carell in the office with a rocket launcher for oh, like it just. He's letting everyone off the hook. He is he is not being a crime boss. He's being a patsy. And we see it multiple times. And so by the time you get to episode seven, he's not a trustworthy protagonist. We got a respect from him in episodes five and six, where we can actually see Mando being the the promised like badass bounty hunter, which is, you know, I understand you cannot have Boba Fett being the Boba Fett we expected in Return of the Jedi because Mando, those two, those that show took its lunch. It said, "This is the bounty hunter who's limited dialogue, kicks ass, and is is ruthless." And we we see him softening. We get it. You had to do something different with Boba Fett, or you just get another Mandalorian show in different armor. They definitely had to do it. I think making him a crime boss. Fantastic. Make him the head of a syndicate. Fantastic. Let's see that. It didn't Let's happen. Let's have a real sense of was... syndicate. Let's see that there's actual crime and people. I mean, oh, he, mods and... he's literally, I mean, he's, he's doing everything short of stubbing his toe every 10 minutes in the show. And we're supposed to think that he's still progressing towards the goal of being a crime boss. Um, n- no, 
no, we we lo- we we lose faith in this idea somewhere in episode two, um, and then we're just watching to see if he's able to survive his mistakes for the next three or four episodes. And the mistakes are there's lots of them, you know. Uh, and in episode seven has a ton. How where did Slate? You know, he's got the biggest killing machine on the planet in his ship, and you see him badass guns down all these bikers. He thinks are you know, responsible for just the killing the Tuscans. Yeah, he'd got tricked. But where was it when he's able to pinpoint, shoot a bunch of people off of speeder bikes? Where was it in that final battle? It sure would have helped against those two battle droids. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what about the Injaron ship for that matter? Maybe not the best bounty the, hunter ship, but why don't we just get in it ship? and blow shit up? Let's go. Let's go. Where is that stuff? You know, and, and I mean, where's like... Fennec, Fennec just she just leaves for forty minutes to do something. She leaves for the the, the main battle to do something that really could have waited. Those dudes weren't doing anything. They were sitting well, around playing dominoes. Well, in theory, taking them planet? out means no one else is coming because they're the bosses. I I then, get I get then, that. Then that, is, then that is actually a scene that we should see earlier to know yeah. that. I agree. We should have seen earlier. We should have seen them coordinating, and I agree completely. I don't. I don't, again, there was some story structure stuff that I have a bit. There's problem a lot with. of untrustworthy narration, uh, and it's rough. Uh, Ian, I can go back to my list and just keep sure, going. The, the, sure. the list well, is long. Well, and like, I have some. I have some things that weren't on your list that I want to talk about. I mean, look, it, Ian, Cad Bane, what a beautiful opportunity for Cad Bane to have been introduced as the cliffhanger of episode one or episode two. And suddenly everybody loses the same way people lost their minds at the end of episode six and said, Oh my God, this clone wars character who has a history with Boba Fett. That's amazing. You can't rely on a show that came out 15 years ago that people watched when they were eight years old as being the, something that any of us. That's right. I watched it when I was eight years old. (laughs) Well, Ian, you and I, Geekscapists are cut a little from a little bit of a different cloth, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, This is a 15 year old character that a lot of people, didn't see and maybe you caught up on clone wars i think clone wars is good of what i've seen and i definitely know this character cat bane but he has a history with boba fett and that history has to be established and for the people turning on disney plus who don't know cat bane having him introduced in episode one or the cliffhanger in episode two and using those flashbacks that i talked about of a young boba fett i would like to see that say one let's see the history with cat bane as a parallel to it what the sad thing is in in the lead up to episode seven we got this poster of artwork that is beautiful mm-hmm. this looks like a spaghetti western tapestry of the entire season we got all the great characters we got it if that poster had been released in december and then been promised to and everything that was promised in that poster had then been delivered from episode one on that we get that tapestry we get all these characters intermixing in this show man that show would have been an all-time star wars show i, I agree a little bit of i agree din we get a little bit of cad bane we get a little bit of boba we get a little bit of black chrysanthemum we get all these characters in a boba fett show and these multiple storylines from the beginning and we just we're just seeing how the fuse has been lit and how it's all going to shape and then how it's going to play out in episode seven it would have blown our minds this felt hollow for a little bit like it didn't feel like the stories were tight i'm sorry and am i hurting like i don't i'm trying really not to be negative on this no, no you're, you're not though i think you're spending a lot of time on saying the same thing 
they were they, they were they were playing with free money, man. Sure, sure. But again, you, you, you spend a lot of time saying the same thing. There's a lot of other, other points to make. I mean, look. Okay. I, I agree, and and I've said, you know, I think I think structure was off. I think it should have been, you know, thought of differently. Um, I, myself, I've already said, I think conceptually, the Mandalorian season three and Tully Boba Fett story as part of it would have worked much better for me. Um, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, listen, when episode five first came out, my, I was wondering maybe this is just Boba Fett was seen as a six episode season and they threw a little bit of a, you know, it's a little, um, insert of meanwhile, this is where the Mandalorian is. And it was, that was just, that episode alone was just set up, you know, and he's going to go off there. We're not going to see Grogu. Um, I felt I was really confused by the Grogu training stuff. It's like, because the first scene with Grogu seemed like it was like they just got there and then Luke had his thing and then show me that montage and that have been, I mean, there's been some time that's gone by since the end of Mandalorian when he left. It's at least mm-hmm. a month, you know? That's and yet, I mean, if you look Grogu's- at episode six, it seems like everything's in one day. And one day Luke sat down with him, had that, I get that he's remembering stuff, then the Mandalorian was there. They have their little training. And it's all the same day. That was weird for me. And maybe it was pacing. Maybe they did things in the wrong order. But because I felt like it should have been that Luke was spending weeks with him at least. And that happened. And that's fine. But that really bothered yeah. me. Did, did you feel that? I was bothered by that episode. No. As a Star Wars show... The first half of that episode is, or that episode, episode six, is actually a lot of fun. I like the ants. I like the building of the Jedi. Yeah, Temple. I like I that like too. The, I like how it starts to lead into the sequel trilogy. Although I'm not a fan of the sequel trilogy, I like that they were getting cohesive. I like Star all Wars. that. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to like my Star Wars. I don't have to like everything. In no, Star I understand. Wars. But you see my point but, about about this, the, the pacing of it, and like again, yes. if they had done yes. it earlier and just shown, listen, this is what's happening with Grogu. I get that it's like the oh, let's move up. here's your big surprise. You know, but just instead of making it about that, just show it. And again, if it was the Mandalorian season three, that's what it would have been. But it was a big surprise because in Boba Fett, we got that, you know? And I, yeah, I just I think find, that was a bit off. I find episode five to be a bit of a problem. I find it, it, it really Five, feels, not six. Yes, five. Okay. Where, where you just get a Mandalorian episode. And I was invested in seeing where the where the narrative that we ended up with with boba fett let's see where it goes let's let's play yeah. this thing out i'm not getting exactly what i wanted but it's a boba fett show and it's disney's and it's star wars uh, and they can do what they want let's see how it plays I out see and then that, suddenly, i get that i mean it's scary to me how much better five was in the four before that being said it just shouldn't have called boba fett if you yeah. actually put that in a mandalorian season would that have been a good episode for you ian if that was a mandalorian episode to spend half the half the time building an episode one pod racing ship or whatever the heck that was, and, and um, you would have spent you would have liked I, to spend twenty minutes. I, I, I would have had I would have some issues with it, but the Mandalorian has always had some of those issues in it, you know. So listen, episode listen, five. My, my wife felt, my wife felt that four? it was just fan service, and if you're not a super fan, you don't get it because the stuff with the Let's Mandalorians just, and all that was huge payoffs for me, you know, and getting and, explanations of stuff and how everything works together with um, Bo-Katan's perspective and all that. I thought it was. I sure. really enjoyed that. But I do understand the criticism, including the criticism about so much time on that ship that is really cool and fast, but seems really pointless at getting bounties. 
oh, I can't wait for the beginning of Mandalorian season three where he's flying through space and there's a bunch of like heads tethered to the back of that ship. Right. And he's like, guess I'm bringing them in cold from now on because right. I can't fit them in here. Well, but, but, like, but, but unless he's but, got pin particles, how the hell is he going to fit them in that damn thing? Right. He's and, not. He's going to kill well, everybody. Well, well, you just made me think of something that I mean, I've been, I've been holding back, but in relation to, and it's jumping ahead, but even in relation to Cad Bane, you know, is he dead? Here's the thing. I, th- I think back to Vader and Empire saying no disintegrations. Like, you know what? If it's not a disintegration, you don't know they're dead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no disintegrations. Yeah. No disintegrations. Great. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, Cad Bane, in terms of the fight with Boba, he's dead. But is he? You know, you know where's his droid yeah. that if you know the Cad Bane stuff, he always had his trusty droid. You know, the joke, you made the joke about, oh, he's just coming out of nowhere. He's walking miles and miles through the desert, you know, to show up. Oh, Cad Bane just wanders to the desert for a dramatic opening. odds are there's a ship not far away and he has his trusty droid that saves his ass all the time that comes out and throws him in a back to tank or Mazam or whatever. I don't think Cad Bane's gone. I don't think he's dead. It doesn't, You honestly don't think Cad Bane died in episode seven? Maybe he did, but like, it seems like why get rid of Cad Bane? He's a great character. Because the writing at that point has shown evidence that the the bad decisions are rampant. I'm just saying that, you know, as is... Why would that not be just another bad decision that was made in the season? Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Not definitely not. I'm just saying maybe not because, you know, because nobody dies. Everyone ends up in a back to tank. Unless you're Gamorrean. The back to tank cannot become the save-all thing. I know, but I think it already has. Right? Yeah, I wanted to see Black Chrysanthemum. It, 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 like, it's back to tank and, and modifications. Tank. That's it, right? Everyone that goes, I mean, Fennec would have been dead. Or both, but, you or know. both as we get right. exactly. Uh, no one survives episode seven as valuable a character as they started that episode with. Episode seven just really it doesn't make Din look good as a fighter. It doesn't make. Manda, it doesn't make Boba look good ah. as a tactician. It doesn't make Fennec look good as a as a fighter. Like episode seven, just is a lot of characters someone, that you like some, making bad decisions. Someone I know commented in the, while watching in the middle said, "Jesus Christ, they're just playing with action figures." And I think most people saw after Mandalorian season one, you know, um, that meme that was a, an old ad from the original Adat toy. And a couple of kids playing with all the figures, and the meme is Dave Filoni and John Favreau writing the Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, but Which literally, I mean, Mandalorian. look, one of my favorite shots in Episode Seven is Boba Fett and and Din Djarin flying over, picking everyone off, and they're like, "That really is like playing with action figures." That's exactly like. Yeah. <laughs> flying around with the rockets i thought some of that stuff was cool i'm not going to be critical of stuff like the spin you know that's been something on the internet where like the one of the mods is shooting a gun and he spins i mean just go back to episode four obi-wan kenobi throw, totally throws in a superfluous spin in his fight with vader i'm down with the spins i'm down with all that stuff it's fine i'm talking about the actual character and story stuff not being consistent or building towards anything that's engaging or uh, proves the the argument that these characters are making. Uh, that that Fennec that Fennec like uh, narration when they're when they're in this burnt out club and she's given nothing to do but narrate like a previously on Boba, book of Boba Fett 
narration and she's saying our people are throughout the city they're not going to get the jump on us both things are lies because you see four people throughout the city and two gamorian guards with their back up against a cliff like great strategician like they're great Great strategy, pals. Well, um, by the way, again, that speaks and, to and they won't the, get the jump on us. They got to jump on all of them. Every single one of those groups got I, the jump on them. One of my biggest issues with the whole thing with him as the crime boss is the organization is just not as big as it should be. No, we should have seen evidence of soldiers. We should have seen something more than a handful of people in an urban shootout. When the people of Freetown show up to save the day, which is a great moment, we should have seen them spread out and fight mm-hmm. the, the limitations of a of a digital set we saw that in episode three with the vespa ride like like chase that's tough to do <laughs> you know on a set that doesn't actually move like how much did you miss the matrix two and three freeway in that sequence like this is stuff that needs to be shot with some <laughs> level of motion yeah. it, that was and, and and i don't think it's a narrative problem like there should have been a chase i I think it's cool. Chase, let's catch this guy. The execution of it on a digital set is tough. And we we saw that a lot. Um, man, I think we all wanted this to be something, not else. I think some of these pieces, that's the thing I'm telling you. They were playing with free money. Everyone who made this but, movie, but my made this series, is... is- is, in, is incredibly talented. Ian, John Favreau, talented. Dave Filoni, talented. Robert Rodriguez, talented. Every actor. This, this is so many talented people. The, they all get put in a in a soup that the ingredients didn't turn out to be, taste that good, and they put them in the wrong order. They put them in the wrong order. The, some of the decisions were were a little off. You know, it, we were bluffed a lot as an audience, saying that these characters are tough or competent, and the evidence wasn't there that they were. The, the evidence was I, I like my, Mike, Mike's comment that they should have made uh, the Ranker eat Cad Bane. That would have been yeah, interesting, here's, here's but, but, comment, and yeah. I like it, but it doesn't get um, Boba needed the win, right? Right. I mean, I, I, Boba I, kinda, that win. I like the whole idea. Like, Cad Bane's so fast, you know, he keeps Jedi's on their toes, you know? So mm-hmm. you can't beat him in a straight shootout. But, you know, the whole idea that Boba, be, it, 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 to me, the way they did it, it was the sign of, yes, because of the Tuscan stuff, he has skills that are beyond what he was before. And that enables yes. him to beat him. Um, so, again, and, I, he's, so, and he's driven by fighting four people, finally, for the first time. And he has something to lose. I didn't feel that he had anything to lose once those Tuscan Raiders were wiped out. Well, that's what I've been saying to you. Yeah, like, I you know, know, shouldn't there be other tribes? Like, I, I don't get the whole, it's these people, and you, we both said the same thing, like, I don't buy that he cares about those people. I don't get what the motivation is. When he went in in the first two episodes, I thought, oh, the motivation is he's saving the Tuscans. If they're all gone, I don't get it. Yeah. And and Edwin says, and I agree with his point, I disagree on episode seven. Fennec is a pragmatic master assassin, not a soldier. She plays to her strengths. I agree, Edwin, but let's see her take out those leaders during or prior to that battle so we know that there are no more orders that are going to be taken, that are going to be handed down. Sure. Uh, she takes them out after yeah. the battle. Um, it's yeah. like those people are their people got taken out. Like we don't we don't really need the retribution at that point. And also, like if she's a master assassin, put her on a rooftop. She's been on a rooftop several times in this series, and and it's worked. Um, put her on a rooftop. Have her have her play to her strings. I agree with that that criticism. Let's not have her in a street fight. Totally awesome. Um, I, I agree. Uh, they might keep Bane alive for the Ahsoka series. And we haven't really talked about what 
comes after this. Obviously, we got um, a couple of Star Wars series here. Well, we have Obi Wan first. We have Obi Wan. Kenobi, and then we have Andor. Both prequels. And Andor. So, yeah. What what damage? We definitely can have they Ahsoka. Those... They, they tease point... that maybe Luke shows up in Ahsoka. That'd be they, nice. They, they, but... they teed that up. Um, and I like the Luke stuff. I like the Luke stuff. I love the Empire Strikes Back like nods. Um, I, I I wish the fans weren't such an influence. It seems on what these stories are turning into. I wish the fan service wasn't there because I honestly don't think fans know what they want. And I wish the I wish we just really saw the person who makes modern westerns like Robert Rodriguez doing that. The person like John Favreau who is a Star Wars fan just be a Star Wars fan. The Dave Filoni. He wasn't doing too much fan service in Clone Wars. He was just telling good stories. I want to see these people not, you know, in a vacuum and just telling the stories they know how to tell. Like I said, these are all incredible storytellers. And and it, I think when the fan service started being influential, it this kind of became a kind of lumbering beast that had to veer towards it. Well, well, that, that's we season two of Mandalorian, yeah. right? Because season one didn't do it. Season one, you definitely felt like it was its own separate thing. In season two, so much so we didn't even drink for a second. Even when we were talking about finding a Jedi, we were like, we just assumed, well, it's never going to be Luke Skywalker, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. honestly, even the Ahsoka, Ahsoka was like, wow, they did Ahsoka and so cool and a great, you know, it was, it was teed up at the end of Rebels. So I, you know, I, I'm for it. Yeah. Uh, Chris Robinson, he says, listen, Ian, we need to stop holding Star Wars to a high standard. It's just a cheesy space opera with space wizards. It's a fun ride overall, but a lot of it misses the mark. I do think a lot of it does miss the mark, but at the same time, it's just a cheesy space opera. Like I think you just, I think you just described ice pirates. I don't know if you described space like Star Wars. Like I said, there's talent here that's able to tell a good story. It what, just didn't what, what he's up. right about is there have definitely been installments that very much missed the mark, and there have been yes. installments that did. And, th- and that's the thing is, you know, and I think universally people felt particularly season one of Mandalorian as it went on and season two really grew that the Mandalorian was a, so many people we've all agreed like it, it was, you know, what we always wanted, you know, and this Mandalorian had, you know, some moments that weren't maybe the best, you know, but when you described about, you know, them wasting all that time on building that ship. But to me, that that was they did the same kind of stuff in, in episodes of the Mandalorian. Um, I'm not saying it's great you know, scenes like that. I'm just saying it's a kind of thing that they indulge and do. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, I thought what episode five showed us, whether it was for you or not, whether you thought that a lot of stuff was, was the time or not, it was much more interesting to watch than the four episodes before that. Listen, the hardest thing you had with the book of Boba Fett is here's a character we cared about. And we didn't know why. That's just true. You know, who is he? How is he rounded out? So what they did, and that was the point for me of doing the flashbacks. The point of those flashbacks were to say there's an emotional component to this character that you know it, but you didn't really see it. You saw it. You saw it when he was a kid. You saw it in episode two. So let's remind the audience that that exists in that character. And here he is decades later, and he's still that little boy looking for family. But also use that to introduce the Cad Bane relationship, which is also a mentor. It's a mentorship. I think they were trying to do that by throwing out the, hey, guess what? You know, there's a connection here and they should have shown it in the flashbacks. I think that I absolutely agree with that note. I definitely think that would have been an improvement. It would have resonated. It would have made it work better. And by the way, show Cad Bane in those flashbacks, then show him gunned down 
um, uh, what's his name? Um, Timothy Olyphant's character. Yeah, I know yeah. it, but I'm not brain you. freeze. Um, I got you. Um, Cobb Vanth. Yeah. So you know, have him run down Cobb Vanth because you already you know he's the badass. I mean, we know from seeing you know for it speaks to fan service. Not doing that flashback means you don't appreciate who Cad Bane is if you haven't watched the previous shows, right? Which shouldn't be a requirement. It should. Yeah, it should. We agree. Listen, I know people that didn't watch them, but big Star Wars who said, like, he was the best in that episode. He came in, he's this badass. It was great. And that's a good argument, you know? But for the sake of it being the book of Boba Fett, show that that relationship exists. And I like the idea of a mentor relationship because that's what he should ultimately be at the end of episode seven to the people of this town. He should be the protector. He should be the person who is leading people by example. He should be protective of people. And if Cad Bane was the person who took over after Django was killed to kind of show Boba the ropes and show him how to be a, a bounty hunter, but he was an errant mentor, he was the corrupted mentor, then you do have that circle closed. It, a lot of a lot of wasted real estate here in some of those earlier episodes. Again, w- when episode one ended, I said, wait uh, a minute. By the way, I also, right I mean, maybe it's fan service, but you had a bunch of trend oceans. Where the hell's Bosk? You just, you know what? If we start getting too many of the earlier No, but because we're talking about mentors. Because we're talking about mentors. And it's not clear in Empire, but it is in, in other sources that Bosk is a mentor for Boba. That Bosk mm-hmm. was with him since he was a kid, you know. So I mean, if that would have been interesting. Now they create maybe they did have a lizard go that. up his nose. He did have a well, lizard go up his nose. Maybe that's a shout out. I mean, look, may, maybe the point of you, maybe they bring in Bosk later and create some issues with Chrysanthemum, you know. Sure, but Chrysanthemum starts to get eroded as well over the course of his appearances. He really let them get the jump on him there in episode seven. I didn't have the same issue with that as you did. I thought, listen, he was overwhelmed and he still came out of it. You know, I mean, attempted sure could have used some other him. soldiers. He had all yeah. these credits. Boba Fett was saying at the end of episode four, he had all these credits he could spend on soldiers. Yeah, he hired, I, know, I agree. I he like hired eight world. people. Yeah. Barely. He hired eight people. Barely. And then asked the town to come fight for him for free. Well, she went She went off to go get it. And, and her one move was Din Djarin. Fennec goes off, right? That was her one move. That was it. I know where I can get some help. The the one move, Din Djarin. Yeah. Get on a ship. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a whole lot no. of other bounty hunters out there. You're Poster a bounty hunter. Get, like, get, get, get on the phone, something. Like, don't, but <laughs> listen, the idea that, you know, what Boba um, pitched to Fennec Shand was attractive to other experienced bounty hunters. Aren't there more of them? Yeah, especially Don't if you know them? they're mercenaries. They they want the money. Let's go. I agree. And, and that's what I'm saying. Coffers. I, I, I love the Mandalorian Armor Trilogy. I think it was a great book. There's a lot of Bosque stuff in there. You know, I mean, there's a lot of places. Let, let, let me bring that up as a podcast. Mike Olivares, who's such a good dude. He runs. He's such a good dude. He's he's a, he runs comic book conventions and Arizona. The dude is just. Yeah, he is a true geek. I love him. They should uh, they should that, have that, peppered that, some of the Mandalorian armor book in there that had a lot of boss content. That, that sets them uh, some that cool sets them content. as major competitors. You know, can and, you and, and, explain what that is? The Mandalorian. So, so armor there, there's a there's book. a trilogy called the Mandalorian Armor Trilogy of books that now are no longer canon, but they, we thought they were canon when they came out as books. They're pre Disney. Um, yes, and and they're pre Clone Wars. 
So, and in that, you know, Bob is very much, Bob and Bosco are big competitors um, versus them having worked together and Bosco having more of a mentor role. Um, and they're really good. It just really gets into the Bounty Hunters Guild stuff, you know, which, you know, and obviously we've seen a bit of that in Mandalorian. They did it differently, but we do see a bit of, you know, the idea of the, the guild being out there. And, and But frankly, knowing that that still exists, I think that that would have been really interesting, even in terms of getting help, you know, the ability to have a whole other, you know, cameo in there. You know, I mean, like, do that reach out. Here's money. The problem with it is, you know, do you end up in a place of, okay, so it's who has more money? Maybe. But still, I think if, if money wasn't an issue, they should have had more help. I agree. You know, it's more set pieces, but I, I think that we should have seen that. And, and it comes down to the same thing. It's the same thing about the problem with, with the whole organization. You took over Jabba's organization. Well, what is it? It's a couple of Gamorreans. I mean, where's the organization? They go in, you know, to Jennifer Beals, you know, like, oh, well, pay me. Well, you know, the mayor, pay me. And that's it, you know? Like, that's the collection. And they don't have people to do collections. Like, what you you walked in, you killed people. You know, apparently, they killed other people coming in, you know? But <laughs> what's crazy, when he, when he goes to steal his ship, there's tons of people that are in that I palace. Know. There's all sorts of squads in that palace that he's got to get around. The palace could not be more empty once he took over. Right. He's got a rancor. And he lets it do a King Kong across half the city that he swore to protect. Again, it's a not, not a reliable protagonist on this one. Um, the conflict between Fett Syndicate and the Bounty Hunters Guild could be a great series, Edwin says. I agree. I think any conflict sure. would have been a good series. This, there did not seem to be a lot of conflict in this series. There seemed to be a lot of boasting of potential conflict, but a, a character stubbing his toes through five episodes. You cannot feel the conflict in the series? No. Well, I didn't. I stopped trusting that there was real conflict when he lets things like the Hut twins escape after trying to assassinate him or gets duped multiple times by the Pikes. I, I stopped thinking there was going to be any conflict when Boba just seemed to be somebody who wasn't up to muster for being a crime boss. I, I, you know, I don't think, I don't think he's got what it takes to be a crime boss. Ian, and I still don't. <laughs> and I don't think that was established by him letting a rancor. Yeah, you better be careful. You may have a, have a rancor poodoo for that talk. I, it's bantha poodoo. Rancor poodoo is a little different, but bantha poodoo well, he for let sure. The, he let the bantha go. I know he let the bantha go. He shouldn't have let the bantha go. He shouldn't have. <laughs> he's he uses that bantha a lot. Even after he gets his uh, his ship back, he's like, no, I, I love when she when she called out. I was like, why? Like, well, you know, it's he's got, like, well, yeah, but then you're coming back to the freaking planet. Like, you think where's the bantha? Yeah, I'm I'm down. Um, Ian, are we really getting a, a second season of this Boba Fett stuff? I told you, I can't believe I come away from going like you know. I would rather they didn't do a second season and just, you know, and let Boba Fett show up in the, in the Mandalorian in a different capacity. But mm -hmm. I think we're going to get another season. And I think it's going to be more about, it's still, you know, somewhat more of the same, but a little bit different because the spice trade's still going on. It's just about getting bigger, the bigger syndicate, the Crimson Dawn. If they do that, I'd like it to not be about Tatooine. Because by yes. the way, Jabba's not just Tatooine. It's just his character. That's where he is. It's his whole adoration Jabba section. the Hutt's like, yeah. their the organization's elsewhere. You know? I'd love to see Narshada. By the way, so, so again, and speaking of Spice, and that's the thing, 
is, you know, Han Solo owed Jabba money because he was worried about getting bored by the Empire and he was doing a spice run. Yes, He, he was, was smuggling guy. spice. Like, that's a big part of Jabba's organization. So what are we talking about here? Yeah, what did Bubba inherit if it wasn't that? Right. Protection <laughs> for the locals on Tatooine? Is that all it is? Yeah. Is it not... Is Tatooine just not where the palace was? Is it not elsewhere? Yeah. Is he ambitious? So to me, what a fur of the season should be is actually showing it's a true organization and it's not only Tatooine and actual conflict with other organizations and dealing with the Republic and dealing with the Bounty Hunters Guild. You know, Are you interested Make, in that? At this point, I are you could be. interested in that? I could yeah. be. Saying if, if if that's what it is and they and they they do right by it, that could be really good. You know, yeah. make the same offer you make the Feng Shan to other bounty hunters. Let them be, you know, your regional leaders and things like that. I mean, that can get really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike Oliver says he should have gone to Nalhata to confront the other huts. Sure, but he let those twins off without even a slap on the wrist. And right. Brian Deekle's yeah. right. He says maybe Fett should just be managing the public transit system. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. Be pretty good. Derailed a train. Again, <laughs> why is there a train on Tatooine? Where are they going? What are they doing? Spaceship. Why why are the are pikes running running? I mean, is it about spice? I don't know why. Why? Maybe it's a discotheque. And they're just playing music and just maybe it is when when Cobb Van takes out those pikes and there's the one thing of spice. I'm like, I don't get it. Maybe it's Sandpiercer and it just goes around the I planet. It. I get it. And they can't stop it. One thousand one thousand uh Yeah. That would have been cool seeing Boba Fett fight right? his way up like Sandpiercer. And he just does his thing. I, I there was a lot know. of no no. It was messy, Ian. It was very messy. A lot of it, yeah. Listen, I, but see, that's the thing. See, like, I like Chrysanthemum's in it. I would like them to have actually said, yeah, Chrysanthemum has a life death to him, you know? Like, that was my biggest appointment in Solo. The life death thing was an established thing before, and they don't call it out anymore. That's yeah. right. Pleasure train, we have water. Exactly. Yeah. A pleasure train on Tatooine. Let's do it. Come on, ride the train, and it's just... Even, even the suggestion that Tatooine used to be this paradise and all that. Like, you know, it could be interesting to get into that, and how did it change? Is there Maybe a way to terraform and bring it back? Sure. You know? Ian? Have we, have we uncovered... Have we turned over every rock... I know I wrote you a book of points. Maybe, but. maybe. Look, I mean, you know, I still, I mean, there's the Mandalorian stuff I'd like to talk about. You know, there's some of the Grogu stuff. I mean, we didn't talk about the idea of Luke giving him that choice. You know, I mean, I, I suspect we know that it's not really a choice. We know he's going to end well, up with he, both. He knew he's we going there. He, yeah. They and, set it and, up in the beginning of the, of, the, of the previous episode when they and, talked about a Jedi Mandalorian. Like, right. We know exactly. it's going to end up happening. Well, well, there was I'm no saying, tension in that scene. And, 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 that, like, and that being oh, the point. So does, doesn't that mean, doesn't that make Grogu who's prophesied? Doesn't Grogu have to be the one to handle the, the, the Darksaber because it's going to sure. take a Jedi to do it? I'm down. That makes sense, right? Well, if he just learns to fight with the blade rather than like a blunt force object worth like that would have been fine. Um, I think Din can clearly learn to master the dark saber. It's something that, you know, Moff Gideon did like, I, that's um, not a big, so it ends up being to did too, but I don't know if you've watched yeah, it. I just, you know, I, 
I lost a lot of investment here, <laughs> personal investment in, in, in the going ons. It, it, uh, it, it felt a little bit messy. Um, and I think they have some work to do to, to clear things up and, and, and work back uh, some of the promise of this stuff. You know, I don't need it to happen. I mean, like, like Chris Robinson said, like, there's ups and downs in every franchise. Uh, I hope they do. We'll see, you know. But uh, going forward, I'll watch them. We'll clearly watch these shows. We're fans. Uh, and they got some cool stuff. I like writing a Rancor. It went on a little too long. Yeah. I like things like the Ray Harryhausen multi-armed monster that was in the it's episode two. I like that stuff. Star Wars has some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's got to work together. And it and maybe this was rushed. Maybe I heard that they were shooting that they shot a lot. I heard that I heard that um, the uh, the character that was complaining about the mods was supposed to be in four episodes. The Stephen Root character, and he was really only in one episode. So, um, I heard that this was edited in kind of a a, you know an aggressive way. So we'll just see what they end up with. um we'll see and and i and i hope that there's more x-wing pilots out there patrolling the galaxy because there seems to be three from what we can tell the same dudes just keep showing up and being like well can I see your well, well you you can argue that they're this is their sector and we're stuck there you know for, for, no, seriously is this so, the same sector this is the same sector that it was in mandalorian a bunch I mean, of desert c- planets certainly near tatooine uh, it, it's the outer rim that we're not sure right I know, because then you have the ice planet, right? Same guys. Yeah, same guys. No, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think we need new ideas, and uh, the ideas actually have to be lined up right. Like, let's uh, this this one hurt. This one took a dent in the in the Star Wars uh, promise of the Disney Plus what Plus shows. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm always excited about this stuff. I'm always excited about fandom. I'm always excited about these shows. Sometimes they don't deliver. It's okay. I'm not the freaking law of this town. I'm not Cobb Vanth. I don't. Who cares what Jonathan thinks? I want people to enjoy this stuff. Did Hopefully you feel? It seemed like a lot of people I talked to didn't actually realize that that was Cobb Vanth, and that he's getting modded as well as being in the back of the tag. Yeah, the tag is Cobb Vanth getting modded. Yeah, rock and roll. I will tell you, like, um, I would have liked cool. to have just seen him earlier, but okay, sure. You know, sure. so we're gonna get Timothy Oliphant back. Great. So, which means we're going to get Tatooine back, which means grand. Well, it actually doesn't have to mean that. I think it likely does. But my point is that they could e- the way they enter this, they could easily not do another season. And the characters exist. And, you know, he's going to show up again somewhere. But I do agree. I think it is in A Book of Boba Fett Season 2. Um, well, let's I do wonder if we see any of that in Mandalorian Season 3 or not, you know? I want to see some Admiral Thrawn. That's all I want. That's in Ahsoka. I know it is. But I want it. Ezra Bridger. <sighs> Ian, closing thoughts before we set our sights to the next Ian uh, special, which is coming uh, up in a week. My closing thoughts are, while I was disappointed in a lot of it, there's still a lot I enjoyed. Um, the fan service, I fully admit, some of it really worked on me. You know, um, it's still a lot, a lot of it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I do, I think they can do better. Yes. I think they can do better and they have done better and yes. I believe they will do better again. I so I'm not, I'm not bailing on my, I'm not getting rid of my star Wars tattoo. I don't have a star Wars tattoo, but I'm definitely not bailing on my star Wars stuff. Um, okay. And the next I'm time still I see wearing you, my mythosaur. <laughs> next time I see you, dude, it's in a week when we talk peacemaker season one. All right. Like that's a show I've been enjoying. And then Ian, it's, it's right after that, 
guess what? We got the Batman. So you're going to be back on Geekscape really pretty quickly. I am going to have other Geekscape episodes interspersed in their Geekscape. So you're not just going to get Ian specials. So again, please share the show with your friends, especially on the podcast uh, apps. If you're, if you're, oh, there, look, there are the mods. I have to go out there and join the biker gang right now. If you uh, are listening on the podcast app, thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, we're going to have a couple guests on the show, but we'll be interspersing these Ian specials in there because we have the Batman. We have the Peace, uh, Peacemaker Season 1. We have what Ian and I have been circling as what well, we're, we're so excited for Morbius. Let's go. Hmm. Um, <laughs> we got a lot coming up on Geekscape, so I'm excited about it. Our numbers have been great, and there were a ton of people in the chat today, and that really makes me super excited, especially on a Saturday when I don't expect to see any, uh, any of y'all. Um, keep the comments coming. Keep talking amongst yourselves. Go share this uh, conversation over on Facebook at the Geekscape Forever group or on the Geekscape page on Facebook or keep talking on YouTube. Uh, we're all over, so search for Geekscape. You'll be a part of it. You can follow Ian on Twitter at, at Ian Elkerner. That is his Twitter handle. And you can also find him on our Geekscape Forever page and Geekscape Forever uh, Facebook group and talk to Ian there and be like, Ian, I have a bone to pick with you. You could be Ian's personal Cad Bane and uh, wander seven days in the desert to have a dramatic opening and uh, see if you get the first shot on Ian or not. Um, all right, Geekscape, this is all I got. Um, Geekscape forever. And um, subscribe and we'll talk to you next time. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 